0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of From the Wastes. Today's guest is a man who stands alone in a world completely devoid of common sense. May I introduce Here on Mars... good morning how you doing excellent man how's your little corner you of the doing? wasteland bright and early this morning uh
1: right? staying staying alive that's that's all you can do
0: <laughs> that's what it's all yeah. about mm-hmm. really excited to finally have you on a, on on my show it's been a long time this should happen a long time ago
1: i guess we're i get i guess we're on the trek talks but not yeah. on Never just, like, straight up on the show. Right, yeah. And I had you on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which was, what, like, two and a half years ago yeah, or something? Two, three years ago, like, I think. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how time flies. It's more apocalyptic now yes, than it was. Yes, yes. It's more fitting to
0: have you on my show right now.
1: Yeah, and we met through uh,
0: Dave, didn't we? Phantom Dark Dave. Isn't that how we ended up hooking up?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Definitely on Twitter. It's hard to, it's hard to recall exactly, but it, it would have had to have been, I think it was, I think it was through the Trek stuff. I think um, so.
0: Well, I wanted to, one of the you know, main reason I wanted to get you on, on this show is I, I feel like I have to let the world know about here on Mars and about you, the man behind it. And so I want to talk about your music and um, what's your first memory of music
1: um it's hard to say uh but i but i the one i usually go with um the earliest one are you know my dad had a record player i was born in 1980 and i'm gonna guess it probably would have been not too long after it was released it probably so probably like what 86 my parents had a record player and um they had uh Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel or maybe or maybe you know maybe I heard that on the on the um you know radio or tv or something but it's it's Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel is probably my earliest like time I remember hearing music and just being like feeling like super charged about it you know what I mean like getting that just getting whatever you want to call that feeling, like pumped up or mm-hmm. you know, super. Oh, that's awesome! You know.
0: Now you did a and cover I, of Sledgehammer. Is I that did, is I that did. the reason behind doing the co- the a cover of that particular song?
1: Yeah, and I mean, oh, plus God. it's just an awesome song. Yeah, um, yeah, and actually, the guy, um, you know, a guy who had come along in my life many, many years later, um, Scott Reed, a guy who's in a band um, called end of story, basically like my, my brother in music, um, since I've been like 18 or 19 years old, but I had him guest on that one vocals and guitar. And, and, you know, I mean, he's, he, he's a little bit more of a child of the seventies and eighties than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's older. And so it was just natural to have him on it, but yeah, that, that would be the reason it it was such an inspirational thing. Um, it didn't, it didn't necessarily like have me, you know, at an early age being like, Oh, I want to play music. It was just, it, it was free of that. It was just, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was, there wasn't any, Oh, I want to do that yet.
0: Has your taste in music changed over the years or did you kind of, you know, you kind of found a music you liked, and you kind of stuck with that or did you bounce from yeah. thing to thing or are you uh, a, are you a musical tribalist do you only like one kind of music and that's it no.
1: no definitely not i mean i would say like you know after after that like all the kids all the kids really loved mtv mm-hmm. i i was annoyed by mtv when i was younger i did <laughs> not like mtv for some reason People would always want to put on MTV and just watch music videos, and I never liked that, you know? Hmm. Um, and I don't I don't really get that. Uh, but I didn't mind the music. So, you know, in the years after that, we had, like, phew, MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and all that, you mm. know, all the little mm-hmm. teeny, kitty stuff. <laughs> I mean, we had those tapes. Um, it wasn't until... 90, you know, 91. I was 10 or 10 or 11 years old, and Nirvana happened around the same time. Beavis and Butthead mm-hmm. might have been just a little bit after that, but um I just discovered rock music, you know, and I really liked it. I guess also Terminator 2, the, even before that, Terminator 2. I don't remember what year that came out. I want to say like 90 or 91. Yeah, it was right around. But yeah, 90. Yeah, yeah. So Terminator Two came out and Guns N' Roses You Could Be Mine mm. was on there. And uh I would say that was like my awakening to like hard rock and I really liked it, you know, and um so I started getting like tapes, you know, Nirvana was one of the first. Um Megadeth, Countdown to Extinction, um their song Symphony of Destruction, you know, came around and I just I absolutely love that song. Like it would come on in, I didn't mind MTV at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Beavis and Budhead headbangers ball. And so, um, through Beavis and Budhead, you know, I, f- it wasn't even through them watching a music video, but it was, it was through them going and I, I think by that point I had a, I was playing guitar um, and I was taking lessons and I distinctly remember asking my guy who was showing me how to play guitar, like what is this song? And he's like, Oh, that's iron man by black Sabbath. And so I went out and got paranoid and everything. I mean, dude, like that, that, and I, I always just say Nirvana and black Sabbath were the biggest right off the bat musical influences. Um, you know, and then through my teens back to your actual question through my teens, there would be like hip hop every once in a while that I didn't, didn't mind like easy E, mm-hmm. um, some of the original, um, uh, you know, like the first, like Dr. Dre stuff that came out when, when he, w- when he kind of went his own way and got huge, but I was never that huge into hip hop. Um, But mostly rock and then, you know, classic rock, grunge, pretty much that 90s era stuff, Mm -hmm. Alice in Chains. Um, When Tool came around, I remember actually Tool's probably the most inspirational band for me just because it it was right when I was in my teens Mm -hmm. um, and it was still new and fresh. I actually remember reading about Tool when their very first EP was out, there was a magazine called rip magazine that I used to walk down to the store and get. And, and it was like, there was like rip and circus and hit parader. And basically they just talked about rock music. Yeah. Uh, and, oh my gosh. And, and, um, in those, in those magazines, they would have these like full page mail order t-shirt shirts things so like on on it would like be this full page thing and it would be like rock t-shirts and they would have little thumbnails of each t-shirt and so that's where i discovered slayer mm. so i had never heard slayer but i saw their all their t-shirts and was like oh my gosh <laughs> and then at some point in point seventh grade some kid had south of heaven by slayer and so so that introduced me that got me into like all like metal metal um <clears throat> and gosh dude it just it, it it always stayed within the realm of like rock and metal for the most part. I did not like country. I did not really care for um the hibbity hop uh Don't a stop. ton. Yeah, yeah, hip hip to the hop. Um now that's not to say that like, I don't remember a ton of songs from back then that I like now. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It all changed. It all changed when I went to, um, when I went to school in 2002, I went to school at a place called the conservatory of recording arts and sciences down in Arizona, um, where you basically like learn to make records and do live sound. Hmm. And at that point I just, I was looking at it from a different angle right? and I learned, I learned to be able to listen to other stuff while not constantly thinking, Oh my gosh, this is crap, you know, but, um, and then, then I ended up liking it cause it is good music. And, uh, that's when I matured a little bit.
0: You know, one of the things I like, um, talking to creators and artists about <clears throat> is how do you deal with the doldrums? You know, do you ever get to the point where, you know, you kind of have your highs and lows where you're totally into it and then you kind of have a moment, you know, sometimes where you're not, maybe? Um, How do you you ever want to give up? How how do you how do you keep push? How do you push through that?
1: Well, uh, it's never because of the actual like process of making making the music or enjoying music. It's it's never like actually because of that. Um, whenever I do experience that, it's usually frustration or just kind of de- uh, de- being depressed at not being able to get more out there, and just seeing the stuff that people freak out and love, and I'm like, there's no way, like, <laughs> like for instance, Bandcamp. Um, Bandcamp, you're you're familiar with Bandcamp, but. For those of the those of those of your audience who would hear this, Bandcamp is probably like the most popular place like for independent artists to put up their artists. I don't even like using that word. Independent musicians to put up their um, their music for sale. Um, it, it's a great kind of hub. Um, music lovers tend to be it go to bandcamp, but Bandcamp is always like they're never just promoting like, you know, like rock rock type stuff by people like me or anything like that. And so I see I see the stuff that Bandcamp promotes, and I'm just like, there's no way this site would ever like, you know, promote anything I do or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's it's like woe is me pity party like mm. BS. Yeah. Um it's just frustration at stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like um just the sheer amount of people out there making music and um also I think, you know, we're all still kind of operating under idea that that you can still like make music, get like discovered and get huge, and then like have some sort of lifestyle based on that. and that's pretty much dead for the most part it really is, man. Yeah. so so it's usually stuff like that 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 gets me burnt out instead of anything having to do with being tired of making music or whatever right
0: that seems to be kind of the common thing that I hear is that you know like you know say with writers, <clears throat> they love to write, they love the process they want to tell stories but it's just so frustrating that you know you you create this thing and you want people to see your thing Mm -hmm. and it's just so so hard to get people to to see your thing and you you said you didn't like to refer to you didn't like to refer to yourself as an artist why why what do you have that word
1: it just sounds it always sounded pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Artist. I'm an artist. I don't think that way when other people say it usually, but when, I, but it's, it's me personally when I oh. say it. It's
0: like someone calling you a sir. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It is, man. I don't like saying that. I, I, I don't like the idea of having fans either. Mm-hmm. Like I would never say, Oh, to all my fans, you right. know what I mean? Like, that seems totally like you're up your own butt. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think that, again, I don't think that when other people do it, it's right. it's me personally, yeah. you know? <clears throat> and um, I do a lot of ranting and raving, and most of the time, which is the case with most people, it's just me projecting my own whatever yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So...
0: You know, when you were talking about Bandcamp and, um, you know, all these different things, Bandcamp and basically every social media site, Mm -hmm. they kind of push, they push things uh, out to you that, that they make you feel are tailored to you, you know, like, like through some kind of algorithm or something. And it's, what's that?
1: It's curation. Curation. And I say, yeah, they're curating that's i that's like my oh. that's my voice for all the, oh. <laughs> for all the well, it, new current stuff i don't like it yeah. it's
0: never right you know i you know cuz you, you know, say you go to twitter and you go to trends and it says for you you know i check that every day yeah. literally not a single trend on not there is thing. for me or like i go to bandcamp and none of the music what i rely on is okay i like you i like your music through you I discovered yeah. not terminal. I discovered uh, red, blue, black, silver. I, that's how I, yeah. you know, I, I don't. I'm not going. To, I don't rely on on any internet website, social media thing trying to tell me, oh, this is what you'll like because I won't. It, because because I don't. I, I, I don't know. It's just it. It seems very um, junk mail kind of. You know, just garbage. Sure. And sure. not not that what yeah. they're pushing is garbage, but I just I don't trust them to know anything about me and what right. I like.
1: Right. Um yeah. and you know, like just glancing it at the bandcamp front page, I pulled it up right here. It's like that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't expect them to do it, but it's not it's not to say that I don't I'm just some guy making like electronic rock type stuff that's and it's basically it's not even like the kind of rock that that a site like Bandcamp would would promote you know what mm. I mean it's so like it's I don't know like I'm looking I'm looking everything about Bandcamp is always like the Sri Lankan math death rock scene it's it's like it's always like it's always weird stuff like that and I'm not saying weird it's just you know, I'm it's just very some artisan.
0: Guy. It's very artisan. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like going into a, you know, foo-foo coffee shop and they have, it you know,
1: it is, it is. Yeah. And I'm just very, you know, not like, I'm just some guy in middle America doing that. And so, so, I mean, you know, I mean, good. I mean, who know? You wouldn't know, you wouldn't know about that if it weren't, for that. So I I do, I do try to appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like, man, you know, I know there's people out there who would like what I'm doing, more people who would like what I'm doing. And, and it's just hard to like get people to pay attention to you. And so it's, you know, it's, it's like, I'm sure it's like a little bit of jealousy. It's like, yeah, it's like, whatever, man. I mean, um, I'm far from perfect, but, but yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to bitch about. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun to bitch about. That's for sure. But anyway. Well,
0: let's talk about movies. What's the very first, what, what, what's the first movie that you remember seeing?
1: Uh, that's tough. Um, and that's the first time anyone is at, that's the first time I actually can think that someone's asked me that um or that I've ever had to think about that but the earliest movies for me um secret of nim um let's see flight of the navigator oh good I don't one. think that was the first one but that's definitely one that got played over and over and over we had a beta max nice um, yeah the little the little tapes and Mm -hmm. i remember the store and there weren't hardly any beta movies and everything was vhs and and it was like what the heck why don't we have vhs you know (laughs) but (laughs) uh, but yeah uh fly to the navigator (laughs) secret and um an american tale Mm -hmm. uncle buck pretty early on but definitely not definitely not uh you know super early it it wasn't stuff at the theater. I'm trying to remember. I think the first movie I remember seeing at a movie theater was Mr. Mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Flight of the Navigator and Secret and Nim were huge for me. I remember I mean, those movie-
0: in Flight of the Navigator, I think it's when they have him like in the hospital or something, and mm-hmm. there's a TV, I think, in his room, and it's playing um, – uh, the group was Blamange and that was one of the groups that I listened to. And it was very, nobody knew who the hell Blamange was. You know, they were a new wave group out of, out of Britain. And, um, I remember seeing that and I can't remember if I was listening to them at the time or it was shortly, maybe I started listening to them after the movie or, or something like that. Yeah. But I thought that was the coolest thing. Cause I, I was total new wave. That's what I listened to. Yeah. Right. 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 <clears throat> and, um, uh, yeah, I remember that being, and then just, plus Ow. just wanting to be that kid, you know, finding a spaceship and I mean, yeah, how and awesome you got is that?
1: Your, if, yeah. You got pulled and they gave you all this, this cool toys and stuff. Yeah. That's what I, he, he went into that room and they like gave him all this shit and I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, that's amazing.
0: What's your, <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your favorite genre of movies? What, what kind of movies do you like the most?
1: Sci-fi horror. Sci-fi
0: horror.
1: Yeah. Sci- sci-fi horror um what? and post apocalyptic. Oh cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Cuz I've always been I mean we talked about this before but I've always been obsessed with the apocalypse. <coughs> I remember since the very first time the the first time that the 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 idea was introduced to me, it terrified me and I was obsessed with it. Awesome. Yeah.
0: What would you say are your top 3 sci-fi movies?
1: Okay, so top 3 sci-fi movies I'm going to go with. I'm just going to go with like stuff I've seen fairly recently. Um well, no, 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 no. no. That's not true. I'm going to say Event Horizon oh, is nice. number 1 because it absolutely just freaked me the hell out. Yeah, um
0: I was fascinated with that movie.
1: Oh my gosh, it was so good. Event Event Horizon um have you seen Annihilation?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh. We went to went to the theater to see that one.
1: Gosh, that movie is amazing. I yeah. love that movie. Man. I need to
0: see it again cuz I don't I was just so you know, I've only seen it the one time. <clears and throat> that I've, would have been awesome the theater. Yeah, I think I need to see it again to really appreciate oh, and figure out what the hell's going on.
1: It's so well done, dude. Oh my gosh, that movie. So, everything about that movie is so awesome. Yeah. Um and I would say third one um hmm, I'm gonna have to go with like uh Aniara would be oh that's that is it Swedish yeah.
0: Or Norwegian or yeah Norwegian yeah something
1: that's Swedish <clears throat> that's sweet all, all those are, well I mean event horizons not but the you know those other two are newer mm-hmm. um there've been there've been lots of cool sci- sci-fi movies and I guess I guess, Movie-wise, I'm not as up on, oh, yeah, this movie or that movie. I have trouble, like, remembering, but, like, it was always Star Trek growing up. Right. And it was Star Trek, and then, you know, around 2009, um, I I watched the Battlestar Galactica, this, the mm-hmm. reimagined version. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, what an amazing TV show.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> I was, yeah. I wasn't I real life. thrilled when they rebooted it. <clears throat> and, yeah, uh, cause I was such a fan of the original and right. so I, <laughs> God, I, you know, boycotted it. I'm not going to watch it. And yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. watched it and would just kept talking about how awesome it was. And so yeah, eventually the DVD sets came down in price and I bought them and I started watching it and I'm like, shit, this is good
1: yeah, and, uh, see yeah yeah I, I had no frame of reference because I had never watched the original. Mm. and so so i I didn't know anything about it. yeah I had heard of it, you know, and all that stuff. I heard people mention it in Battlestar Galactica, you know, but I never watched it and we were just looking for something to watch and we put that on and just how and and you know, maybe this is also the thing that I don't like as to where everything's got. But with this show, it was very dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. I liked it. You like the you know? dark, gritty... I, I I liked it then. Mm. Now, everything's got to be dark and gritty. Yeah, I'm just sick of it. Feel. Yeah, it, 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 they're trying to like, like what, like the Teen Titans, didn't they like try to make Teen Titans like all dark and gritty? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, just, just stop. Quit. <laughs> You know, just stop it. Um, but yeah, it it, uh, it it worked for that, and I liked it, man. I liked it. And that that is that's actually like post apocalyptic. That show. Oh yeah, in, totally. Yeah. yeah. What was the last movie you saw? The last movie I saw, I tried watching. Let's see here. I tried watching this movie with Ethan Hawke, where he's like a true crime author. It's just a straight-up horror movie. I mm. tried watching it. I couldn't make it through it because I can't remember um, something or other. I had to stop watching it. Last movie I watched, though, oh, my gosh. I, I go through these spats where I'll just, like, watch a movie every night, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably the last full movie I watched was, like, maybe Midsummer. Midsommar, oh, yeah, flick.
0: I saw that <laughs> I, oh, man. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of watching. Um, oh, what was the one? And I can't remember the actress. And I can't. But it, I think it just came out last year. Hereditary. Hereditary. Heredity.
1: Well, it's the same. Uh, I, Hereditary. It's by the same director.
0: Oh well, there. That makes sense then. Yeah. Because everything's kind of going okay, and then it just goes batshit off the rails, whacked out. But and, right. uh, I have
1: a trouble with like stuff that involves like hauntings or demonic possessions because because like because then when it's like nighttime and I have the lights off and I'm trying to fall asleep every (laughs) little every little sound like I'm hypersensitive to and it's like gosh dang it you know really and it lasts weeks um (laughs) so so usually I have our I haven't seen hereditary um I, I, I really do need. It. <laughs> uh, I know, right? I know. Yeah. Um, wow,
0: that was that freaked me out. I just. Mm.
1: Right, right. There's there's a lot of movies like that now. Like they have really keyed in on what will disturb the shit out of people. Yeah. They have really got it down to a science. Well, Almost and they kind of
0: lot- they kind of lull you into a sense of okay, this okay, this, no big deal. We're cruising along here and, and then you know it's like watching TV shows where you you got people sitting in a car driving they're driving down the street and they're talking and chatting and then just they get t-boned by some you know mad right. truck and right. you're just like Gah! you know you're it's, flipping out and you, you just you're, you know your heart's racing and yeah they're doing a good it's job jarring,
1: of it's disjointed yeah, yeah it's, it's it's and it's all by design and sure. it's like you guys are good at this now yeah. Need to, uh, well, figure um, some.
0: Do you, uh do you read much?
1: Yeah, um What do you read? Well, I I read a ton, but I don't stray too far outside of what I read and I um a few years ago I I am huge into Warhammer 40,000. Mm. Like that would probably if I had to pick one if I my desert island like I guess, universe, you know, Desert Island, whatever you would call it, like intellectual property or universe or whatever, it would be Warhammer 40K. Um, and, if, you know, it's a long story, but I got started, you know, as a kid with Warhammer Fantasy and always looked at 40K and saw 40K, but never, never really actually played it or whatever. And then fast forward to being an adult, I would read about it a ton because the lore is, I, I do play it. I have like a ton of minis and that I've painted and all that good stuff. But I, I love the lore. The story behind it is just such a well developed like universe that um, I got into reading the Horace Heresy books, maybe back in like 2015, 2016. Mm. And I've pretty much read every Horace Heresy like of the main novel series, so there's fifty ish of those, and I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I've pretty much got all of them. That's and now they oh, it is, it is, and now they've started with the the end of the Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy for the people who don't know anything about Warhammer 40K is it's kind of like I liken it to Star Wars, how you know we grew up with episodes four, five, and six, and we always knew. Mm-hmm. Vader was this guy named Anakin Skywalker. Yep. And you you kind of knew loosely what what the story was, but it wasn't until they made the prequels that they went and fleshed it out. That's what the Horus Heresy is. The Horus Heresy takes place in 10,000 years before the current Warhammer 40,000 timeline. Um and it and it kind of it's explaining why the universe is so screwed. Up. <laughs> there's only war. There's only in the grim darkness of the far future. There is only war. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know you're a fellow 40 K fan. honest. Oh, it. It's so good. I think, I think the <clears throat> thing I like about it is it, it's a perfect, it is the absolute perfect blend of fantasy, sci-fi and horror. Yeah, it is like, It's, it's the absolute, it's just the trifecta. Yeah.
0: And what, one of the things that really drew me to it was, you know, it's set, you know, in the year 40,000 and, and, you know, we have the warp and we have spaceships and we have, you know, power armor and we have all of these, uh, these technological leaps, you know, Mm -hmm. but It's kind of like, but everything is. It's almost kind of like a medieval. um, I don't know how to describe it. It you know the way, the way they talk and the way things look. You know, it's got that. Everything's very gothic and Mm -hmm. and. uh, It's just kind of got this weird. I don't know how to. You could probably describe it better than I can.
1: It's got Um, an archaic feel. Yeah. 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 They have all this technology, but all of their technology is kind of like left over from a period of prosperity that was millennia before. Right. And they, while they do have a lot of knowledge, they don't ultimately understand how all this technology was created Mm -hmm. and this technology Mm -hmm. is what they depend on for their very survival and so it's just another one of those things where like it's it's like them kind of hanging on by a thread you know it's just another one of those things that is on the it's it's encroaching upon them and threatening their survival along with all the alien races that are trying to like you know invade all Mm. of the the um, demonic stuff from the warp that is trying to encroach it's like it is just the ultimate like um shitty situation and but but you know the stories that happen in that and the characters are just freaking amazing yeah absolutely amazing. there are no good guys there really aren't any good guys there's well i shouldn't say that there's good individuals but every yeah every you know man the the empire of mankind is absolutely just the most awful uh, as overused as the word is fascistic uh xenophobic awful um machine that exists um well, the emperor himself.
0: But, I mean, he requires how many thousands a, of
1: yeah of souls it, or whatever uh, yeah.
0: to, or sacrifices each day to to maintain yeah. his
1: presence because you know yeah because he's just like this rotting corpse on the golden throne yeah barely his psychic power is barely holding the the warp at bay from basically like invading Earth. Um, and yeah, like he, in order to power his golden throne that he's on, which is another piece of technology that that they don't really understand exactly how it works and aren't going to be able to figure out in time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's like a freaking broken down jalopy at this point. So yeah, I mean, you know, thousand psychers a day that they have to sacrifice, you know. So it it's it is absolutely the grim it's it's what it's what inspired the the term grim dark you will hear people say oh that's mm. grim dark and it comes from hammer 40,000 oh'll be darn yeah pretty cool
0: well you know what <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> I was going to we were gonna do three parts to this podcast yeah. we were gonna talk about all kinds of good cool stuff in the uh, the good the bad and the end and, mm-hmm. I think we're going to skip the bad part because it's just kind of, uh, I know it's so hard not to get ranty about things, but to be perfectly honest, I'm so sick of everything being, you know, negative and ranty. And I feel like if we were to do this section, we would just be doing the same thing as everybody on Twitter and Facebook and, and all these different areas. We'd, you know, and it would just kind of be, it would just be dead air. It just, it.
1: it I, I don't think we would gain any kind of, um, there's nothing, nothing to that be that gained. Be, uh, you yeah. Know? Nothing, nothing that can be said that hasn't been said exactly. a million times already. that I'm sick of hearing. Yeah.
0: And I think we both know where each other stand on pretty much all this stuff. I think we, yeah, are in, are in agreement on most of it. But um, yeah, I say we just skip it and let's get on to the post-apocalypse I, I stuff. I
1: agree that we're in in agreement. Awesome.
0: <laughs> okay, so saying that, let's go on to something more positive, and tell me how you think the world's going to end.
1: As annoyingly as. It, you know, it's not going to be like like in the movies. The, the apocalypse is going to be this slow um, grind into just annihilation, I think. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think eventually we're just going to have too many people. We're already kind of there. There's too many people on the planet um, for whatever reason, you know, baby boom, whatever. Um, There's too many people, not enough resources. uh, We're, we're not going to be able to set aside differences and figure out a way to survive. And I think it's going to be slow and painful and very um, not like the movies. Um, Now that's not to say that, There couldn't be some sort of like, you know, arms race with where some someone actually hits the button and then all of a sudden we're dealing with, you know, mutually assured destruction. Um, I would almost that would almost be easier, you know, but uh, but yeah, I I think it's just going to be slowly, slowly ground out. Um, I think the planet goes on after us. Um,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. The planet goes on after us. And, uh,
0: I mean, we, we, we see how, how the earth reclaims after, you know, look at like, look at Chernobyl.
1: Sure. That is exactly what I was. The earth is
0: always going to reclaim and usually it always comes back stronger. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and to think that there are animals like living there, like, I mean, yeah, they're jacked up. But they're surviving. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, they will always it, it, it will continue after us. Um it's it's sad. It's really sad. I am like you though, like one thing you always said that, that always resonated with me is I'm not hopeless. Like I'm always I'm always optimistic mm-hmm. about you know about The situation. Um, I don't feel like just because there is an apocalypse, the fact that we talk about there being a post-apocalypse tells Mm -hmm. you that we, there, there is inherently some sort of hope. You know what I mean? And I think it's just, I think it's, it's, it's lots of things about the post-apocalypse that we find like fascinating obviously we think it's fascinating that like you know what would happen after a complete you know downfall of like every structure you know complete normalcy just being done away with but I think it's also um having to survive you know in that type of thing that Mm. that really really makes it compelling you know
0: do you think it's going to end in our lifetime
1: Uh, it's so weird for me because like, because, um, it, the idea of the apocalypse, like I said earlier, it was introduced to me at a young age. I think it was from some movie where there was like time travel or something and, and they went in the future and everything was post-apocalyptic. And I'm like, what was that? And my friends, I think my friend's parents at the time were like, oh, well that's after the apocalypse. And I'm like, what the what? the uh, what a what you know i was probably like or
0: if it was time time guardian
1: it might have been it might have been um it was some kid they travel to the future and there's like these crazy looking things but um but yeah uh i just spent so much time thinking about it um there was that and then you know i like religion has been a huge thing in my life huge thing in my life that that's just like hours and hours on its own um, but uh, I grew up also you know aware of like what the Bible says you know you know, like the visions of like in Revelation and stuff and so um, I spent so much time thinking about it and so much time sure that it was going to happen in our lifetime and now I'm 40 and I I just if it does I'm just like whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I spent all the energy I had freaked out about it and right. there's none left and yeah. so now it's just like well whatever whatever happens happens and yeah. I truly can't control it there's nothing I can do and and it's 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 kind of nice to be honest with you
0: um, Being a father, both you and I are fathers. Do you ever think about what kind of future your your child's going to have?
1: Yeah, all the time, man. Yeah. Um, My son is my son's special needs and, you know, he's only seven. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up as far as like, you know, will he need. Will he be able to 100% take care of himself and stuff like that? Right. And so every like financial decision, every major, let's just say major financial decision um, is 100% based on, is this going to do something that lasts that will benefit him um, from I just need to make sure that we end up in a place and have a good support structure. If, if, you know, if, and when I go, I want to make sure that he's set up and ready to go. Right. That's all, that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, I think,
0: you know, the burden falls on us to do whatever we can to prepare them for adulthood yeah. and dealing with, with whatever is going to come. And, exactly. you know, we see everything that's going on now and, you know, you just it's it's tough to I always kind of get down when I think of <clears throat> that moment at which they lose their innocence because that sucks and so I don't know yeah you know I don't know how much I don't know what kind of things I should prepare them for because they're young and I don't want to tell them look you're going to have to deal with some super crappy stuff and here's what it is. Cause it's like, Oh shit, just let them be a kid, man. Let them have fun. Let them be a kid and don't, don't burden them with, you know, knowing how to, um, Navigate that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How to filter water when you know or whatever. How to what? How to filter water when the electric, you know, when there's no, you'll just, and then just dealing with, with, with society and the public, you know, um,
1: so Yeah. This this whole thing that we've gone through has really like it really did um you know, put a lot of it it was kind of jarring to to finally be like, Oh, you know what, I actually am going to go and buy enough food mm-hmm. that would last us for at least, you know, six to eight weeks if all of a sudden food becomes completely unavailable. And in fact I've I've got it stacked behind me. Um, and I have like mylar bags to put it all into. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a pounds and pounds of rice and beans and you know, all this other stuff and, and it was just weird to actually go and buy that. Um But yeah. you know, when
0: you think about it, it's a good idea anyway. Power can mm-hmm. go out, all sorts of things can happen. So yeah. I guess it's you know, it is it's a wake up call to Yeah you know, oh, without, shit, maybe I should shit. kind of stock up, you
1: know? Yeah. I think it's smart. I think it did that for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it felt, I felt good knowing that I was doing that. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I was actually do something. Um, yeah, I'm always thinking about like, okay, if we have to bug out, you know, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? All that stuff. So.
0: Okay, so <laughs> let's 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 take a, a post apocalyptic scenario. I guess you know it can be anything. You know zombies, whatever. It, it let, let's just take a generic scenario. <clears throat> do you gravitate towards the, you know, kind of Mad Max lone survivor type thing, or do you uh, gravitate more towards community? You know, either establishing a community or becoming part. of, of a community even you know i envision kind of neighborhoods banding together right. you ever see a movie called the domestics
1: yes and i loved it <laughs> yeah. i loved it yeah that you was know just
0: one different I- you know different people you know grouping together and um anyway yeah lone survivor or or uh community which one are you it would be-
1: geared it'd be community man because like my first instinct would be to like go to my neighbors and be like, look, if you need anything, you know, yeah, it would be, it would be like a community type of thing. Okay.
0: Let's say you, Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say in our current, whatever current type of societal, whatever, I tend to get annoyed by community, this and that, Mm -hmm. um, and what, you know, right or wrong or whatever. But you know that it, like in an actual like scenario like that, there is strength in numbers for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely,
0: I used to be a lone survivor type when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, sure. you know, I used to head up on into, into the hills when I was 12, 13 years old and, you know, play last man in the world, you know, and, yeah, um, I, you know, cause that was the height of, you know, the road warrior and all that sort of thing. But, you know, growing up, you realize, oh, that's that's not going to work, and so, <laughs> and so, um, okay. Let's say you're the the leader of a community, you know, yeah. And I know you don't, I, but you know, the best leaders are the guys who don't want to be. So you're the leader of the community, <laughs> and how do you deal with you know you've got your you've got your Alexandria, you've got your little you know your little town, and you got it walled off. How do you deal with new members that come in? What's your um, Uh, What's your requirement or what's your what's your kind of testing process to, you know, Joe Schmo comes up to your gate. Hey, I want to come in. Let me in. What do you do?
1: Oh, man, that's a good I've never had to think about this or I've never thought about this at all. But, uh, you know, I suppose. I suppose, you know, I and everybody else by that time would probably be trained to regard anybody coming in like that, um, with kindness, but extreme scrutiny, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, you're going to have to prove to me over time that you, um, are trustworthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't know what that looks like. Like, um, they're, they're probably going to be watched, they're going to be watched a lot. Uh, if they come, if they leave and then come back and leave and come back, it's like, are you, are you scouting? What are you doing here? You know what I mean? So, um, I think for our survival, you would have to, you would have to say, okay, well you're not, you know, if you want to be here, you're not leaving for any period of time and if you do leave then don't come back you know what I mean Uh, uh, that's that's tough man that's a tough thing to think about what do you think I'm curious Uh, pretty much
0: along the same lines you know I mean hell you go you go get a job you have a probationary period you know where you got to mind your P's and Q's or you don't or you get kicked out or you you (laughs) get fired so you know this is certainly more important than than any kind of you know working at a Starbucks or something, but, sure, you know, the probationary period, um, I think would be very important. And, um, along those lines, let's say, what would your, um, how would you deal with maintaining law and order? Would you, um, how would you deal with someone who broke the rules? Well, at, let me back up. What kind of rules would you have? Well, let's, let's say, it's just common sense. Let's just say the Twelve Commandments, basically. Not all of them, but, you know, there's no killing other people in the in the community. There's no stealing. I, there's no, you know, normal common sense stuff. Mm-hmm. You got a guy that, that beats the hell out of somebody. You got a guy that kills somebody. You got a guy that's stealing something from somebody, hoarding food. How do you
1: deal with mm-hmm. that? Oh, man. Um, I'm always, I and I think we've we've talked about this. I'm always the first person to, um. I'm always the first person to like forgive, or not. I shouldn't say I'm the first person because that's not true. But <laughs> I, I want to be forgiven when I screw up and make and and fail and make bad judgment calls and do bad things. Um, because nobody's perfect, and so my instinct is to always forgive. But if you have somebody who, I guess, are they actively threatening the survival of the other people? Absolutely. In, in the group, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Yep. If they are, if yep. they are like an active threat to survival, then they either they got to go or. I don't like thinking of this, but like, if it's somebody who, if it's somebody who like, you know, killed somebody like in cold blood, like it might be safer in that type of scenario. Just (laughs) a, just a, you know, I get it. I, I hate to think that I, because I'm anti that, but it's like, if they just killed somebody in cold blood, like just out of nowhere, you can't, you can't trust them. You know what I mean? How Mm -hmm. can you know that that won't happen again? Because then if it happens again, it's like, she's, you know, my thoughts Um, are
0: that if you have an individual who, um, constitutes a threat to mm -hmm. others in the community, I don't care if they're mentally ill. I don't care if they're of of sound mind. I don't care. You have two choices you either put them down or you put them away those are your two choices that's it yeah because yeah. you're it's you can't have one per you're trying a you're trying to survive this world as it is
1: exactly you can't
0: have you shouldn't have to add <laughs> surviving your neighbor to the list no. you know what i mean and so no, and- um, you know, and there were obviously, you know, there would be a trial, there would be evidence that wouldn't, you know, you're just not going to be a dictator that, you know, okay, here's what no. happens. Okay. But uh, there has to be a lot of common sense instituted, and that's something that I think is severely lacking t- today. So hopefully it would come back. I think it would have to, yeah. or we would basically die out as a species. But um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we I, would. That's my. They would, they would either have to go or they would have to go, you know, like exactly. you would have to take care of it. Um. Yep. And, you know, and you know, when people say that type of stuff today, just about, you know, think of the most heinous crimes mm-hmm. that happen in our, that happen in, in our world today. Like, I'm not even going to name them, but like, think about the most heinous types mm-hmm. of things that can happen. And people are like, they should be drawn and quartered. I'm just like, look. You know, we we have we have a completely screwed up criminal justice system. What should happen is those people, you know, in my opinion, should be allowed to live out their life, but they can't be trusted. And so they have to be either kept somewhere Mm -hmm. where they're not going to be. It it won't be possible for them to be a threat. Um, And. And watched, um, and you know, try to live out as normal a life and be rehabilitative as possible. Uh, and in extreme, rare circumstances where the crime is just so awful, um, then yeah, maybe the death penalty is appropriate because it's just yeah. You know, as long as you I got hate...
0: you know, as long as you got the the proof and the and the evidence and yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's where it gets sticky is. You
1: know, especially in a in a in a scenario like that where you're just kind of this ragtag, you know, community group like, like, you know, that that whole thing, and having faith in whatever system you've created to review evidence and you know collect evidence and review evidence and having faith in it. I mean, that that becomes difficult. Yeah. Um. But you're dealing a, with a smaller group too. So you know,
0: say you, you got thirty. 30- 30 people, 40 people, something like that. Somebody's going to see what happens. And, you know, it's not like trying to, to find a guy who did something in a town of, you know, thousands or millions or, you know, for
1: sure. So there's that, there's that for sure. Yeah. Um, That's tough. (laughs) tough. I ask the tough questions. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What kind of apocalypse would be the hardest to survive? Do you think?
1: The one and and we have talked about wanting to do this, um, the one that involves the earth being rendered completely unable to, like, grow any food Mm -hmm. and do that kind of thing. So the road, whatever the hell happened in that movie, that's what it's called, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the road. Whatever happened in that movie would be the worst. Yeah. Uh, Because you can't you know the earth is the soil won't grow anything right in that movie in oh
0: yeah yeah nothing grows yeah. you know
1: nothing grows,
0: yeah. yeah everything's i mean people are eating each other man i mean you know that's all they got that that's left the
1: worst that's i would i would seriously like to think that 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 would not happen you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when you see the type scenarios that I, is probably the most disturbing of all like apocalyptic yeah you know, and when I, I see the movies. Yeah, Go I ahead. watched
0: a Cammy and I watched a movie on Prime last night called um, "Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse." Okay, and it's this comedy duo, this man and woman, and I think they're they're a comedy duo in real life. I think they're a they're a um, uh, I think they're a couple in in real life and doing comedy. I think anyway, they do this movie, and it's <laughs> it's really good. It's just kooky, funny. It's it's kind of annoying at a couple times, but it's 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 definitely worth the watch i think and they end up getting captured by uh, this group and they get put in a cage and uh, you know and you know the, one of the guys in the cage says you know welcome to the cage i think he's russian or something and they're like hey you know it's just this <laughs> <laughs> and um and so the the people that are in the cage that were already in the cage are hinting that um they're eventually going to be eaten you know, and right. uh, and the the woman is like, you know, what? It's she's like, it's been a month. You know, it's the apocalypse has only happened for a month and people are already starting <laughs> to eat each other. And I thought that yeah. was the fun, <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest yeah, exactly. parts of the whole movie. That, you know, exactly. it, it took a month for people to, to start, you know, mowing down on, on their neighbor, but. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'd die.
1: What's I that? I really do. I think I'd, sh- I, you know, if it, If it truly came down to you can eat each other or you can die like you're not you're going to run out of people. The act of killing another human being, period, is completely like anathema to me, especially
0: for food.
1: uh, Yeah. And I'm going to kill it and then I'm going to eat it. I'm just going to I'm just going to starve to death. There's, there's, you know what I'm...
0: There's something else to eat, trust me. There, there is something yeah. else to eat.
1: <laughs> there has to be. Like, I just... Yeah. I, I, so, that's a scary thing to think about, but I just don't see it ever coming to that. Yeah, I, I, I seriously doubt it. Um,
0: okay, here's another scenario. Hmm. You're in another... You're in some kind of situation,
1: and...
0: I don't I don't know this one gets kind of heavy I don't know if you're going to want this one or not
1: heavier than we've already got yeah okay do you want it yeah why okay. not
0: you're in a situation and your buddy yeah. has no chance to survive You you yeah. know definitively he's not going to survive this okay yeah
1: and he begs you to take him out what do you do I would do it would you I would I really would um, would and you I think do it, it or
0: would you give him the ability to do it himself?
1: I would ask what they wanted. Yeah. I would ask what they wanted. I have a weird, I have a weird like um, outlook on just like death and, and stuff like that. Like, like I lost my dad a couple years ago. I lost my brother um, maybe three years ago, four years ago um and even before that like there's something in me that knows that this isn't the end mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is just this is just right now and it's so strong in me that that when it comes to actually being in those situations where you're losing somebody Like I, I held my, I was, I was the one with my dad when he went and I held his hand until he took his very, you know, Mm. through him, taking his very last breaths. And like, I, there was a little bit of crying at the time because of just how heavy it was. right? But there was also like, I'm seeing this person off. This isn't the end. And I know that I'm going to see them again. And without getting into why I think that or whatever, it's, I just, I, it's something I just 100% know. And so in every real life scenario, which that's for for the most part, that's the only one in every real life scenario where I've actually had to be there and deal with death, um, that it kind of removes the panic and the fear from the situation it's really weird mm-hmm. but I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of like dying the actual idea of it and I would like to think that I'm sure my heart rate would get up if I knew it was about to happen but um but ultimately like I'm not terrified of it and so so that type of scenario. If you know your friend's going to go, they know they're going to go, and they're like, please, can you just end this? I, I think I would I, I would be able to do it. it. It wouldn't feel good. It would haunt me. Don't sure. get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to walk away from it, but right there in the moment, every time in my life that I've been through some intense thing, there's some switch that just flips off, and I don't freak out at that particular time. Whereas all the way up to it, thinking about it, I would be panicking and freaking out. But when it actually happens, it's like there's some switch in me that's just like you don't have the luxury of panicking or freaking out right now. Right. Um, And it it tends to always, always happen like that. It's happened like that um, when I've been over overseas in different, you know, weird scenarios and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing like where I was, you know, in my life was in danger, but other very intense things happening. Um, so yeah, that, that is a tough question, man. But to me, that's not as heavy as thinking about, you know, your kids surviving and stuff like that. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a tough one. And I, I I find that I try, just try not to think about it. Sure. I find myself, and then I feel guilty for not thinking about it. And then, yeah,
1: I think as long as you're, as long as you're, thinking about it and then thinking, okay, what can I do? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? That's all, that, yep. that's all that
0: matters. And you do what you can. You know? do. All right. So one last question. Sure, man. What keeps you putting one foot in front of the other every day? And just what keeps you from giving up? like on your music or, you know, what, oh. what keeps that drive? Yeah. Not like give, not like giving up. I mean, just give, yeah, give yeah. it up. Sure, on...
1: sure. I was gonna say, well, my wife and my kid, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, that's Oh, that's an music. answer too. I mean, that's... Yeah, it is. It is 100%. Um, it does play into it For music and creative wise. Um, every time in my life where I've gone through periods where I wasn't doing it, I was absolutely miserable because all I could think about was wanting to do it. It's just something, it's not a hobby. It's not something that I can stop because it's, because there will still be like music ideas coming to me that will sit there and ruminate in my mind and pester the hell out of me. And I have to like put them down. You know what I'm saying? I have to like, record it, get it out there for people to hear it. Um it's it's like I don't know, it would be the same as saying what keeps you like breathing or sleeping or eating or anything like that. It's I'm it's not like I'll die, but I'm absolutely miserable yeah. when I'm not doing it. So
0: well Randy, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, you on
1: too, my man. show. You too, I mean I knew it would be yeah this was awesome.
0: I'm so glad I finally got you on here um yeah and like i said i want I want the world to know about you and so oh, I appreciate sit there and tell us you know where they where everybody can find you and find your music yeah. and-
1: uh here on Mars and that's just here on mars uh dot bandcamp dot com is where you can find all the music that I've made and put out um there's other stuff. I usually direct people to Spotify. You can find almost everything I've done on Spotify. I'm on YouTube. Um, usually when you search here on Mars on YouTube, you will get, um, Veronica Mars, or you'll get Coheed and Cambria because they have a here to Mars song. Um, but, uh, if you just search like here on Mars, Kansas city, you'll probably, probably find me. But, um, the main place where I hang out and talk to people is the Twitterverse, verse. Um, and on Twitter, I am here on Mars underscore because there's some other person who just took the regular here on Mars and has an account with like three followers that hasn't said anything since <sighs> 2011 or something. And it's just like, you dork. But <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much I've been there. I've been here on Mars for three years now. It's, I, it kind of feels like my musical forever home is right. what I like in it. <laughs> probably going to be here on Mars for the rest of my life uh, because it just 100% suits my personality. It's it's all music written from a perspective of just kind of feeling alone and isolated in your thoughts and opinions, even though you know you're not. But um, I, I don't feel like I'm on. I don't recognize this planet anymore. I'm a broken clock. Um, you know. Well, you right of... twice a day. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I wanted to just say real quick that um, you're one of my absolute favorite uh, Twitter accounts. Um, <laughs> doesn't that always Thanks. sound kind of... That sounds you're, good. You're an account. Sounds... You're just an account a to good... me. No, no. <laughs> I always hate that <laughs> account word, but you're you're one of the absolute f- favorite people i like following on twitter because i think that you do twitter right you know and okay. you're not using it um, as a mar- as a marketing thing and you you know you you just you tweet out uh, i don't know how to describe it you tweet out your thoughts and you and you're not constantly you're not posting links and you're not posting images and
1: you're not you know it's not i it's the way twitter yeah, should I get, be I, I
0: think kind of yeah, but I, you know, I, whatever it, what do i know? I get I,
1: that like I that was like when I was still on Facebook years ago that was the thing it's like okay we're just sharing links now that's right. all we're doing is sharing yeah. links yeah. and it's like that's cool share links whatever but yeah I, I get tired of it um and yeah it's, you know what man I appreciate that I really do um I, I try to keep the music marketing to a minimum but you do have to do some of it sure. um now, I should say, you know, there I've said a couple times during this um, whole talk that, you know, you get depressed at not being able to find listeners. But you guys, you, Dave, Johnny, um, my, my uh, other um, musician friends that I've grown very close to, Red, Blue, Black, Silver, um, Nocturnal, uh, Brucealan, Bruce, Bruce Allen, Bruce Alon. I don't know how, how, how to say it. I still don't know how, um, you know, there's several on there that I've become good friends with. And, um, you know what, man, I've, I've said to myself, if I never found more listeners, that would be okay. They, that would, it would still be just fine because you guys are awesome. you, you like and listen to everything I put out, man. And and that's just, I can't ask for more than that. That's, that's amazing. And I really appreciate you guys.
0: Well, it's amazing music. I mean, it's just, it, that's you it's know. just flat out <laughs> good damn music, you know, and you, dude, yeah, it's awesome. It. Keep doing All right. it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I'm sure I'll have you on again at some point. And, yeah. Uh, until that time. Take, time yeah. and take care, man.
1: Yep. You too, man.
0: Alright folks, thanks for listening. Please be sure to check out my guests' links in the show notes, and please take a look at their work. You won't be disappointed. From the Waste is a non-profit podcast. It is in no way endorsed by the creators of the media used within, nor is it intended to undermine or compete with any existing or forthcoming material. No copyright infringement is intended. From the Waste is part of the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. Please visit sipnet.us. That's S-I-P. .us to find this podcast and other fine podcasts, including the angry dad podcast, dead hand radio, the terrible terror podcast, fave five from fans, the podcast from another world back in time podcast, and the paranormal pativity podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Although I spend 99% of my time on Twitter. This podcast can be found at fromthewastes.podbean.com and on most podcatchers out there. Just look for From the Wastes and you'll find me. My WordPress blog is at fromthewastes11811.wordpress.com and my Last Librarian blog is at thelastlibrarian.wordpress.com If you're so inclined to shoot me an email, send it to fromthewastes at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take cover and take care.